surprise. It's me, Cindy. Okay, that's not a surprise. But I'm reading this new book called Joyful about ordinary things that create extraordinary happiness. How can I resist a book with that title? And one of the things is surprises. I love surprises, love them, but at least half my family doesn't like them at all. Party's gone south aside. The author, her name is Ingrid Fratell Lee, talks about a second type of surprise coming across the unexpected, the sometimes out-of-context joyful surprises, like spotting the first flower of spring, finding a dollar on the sidewalk, confetti, rainbows, or, and I love this, googly eyes on just about anything. It's called eye-bombing. I heard about it a few years ago, and of course I jumped right in. There's an eye-bombing website and an eye-bombing Facebook page, and it all celebrates the sticking a pair of googly eyes on anything, anywhere. As the website says, ultimately, the goal is to humanize the street and bring sunshine to people passing by. I'll admit, I was traveling with a pack of stick-on googly eyes for a while, and it was so much fun. I, I bombed the back of the seat on a flight to Chicago, a pair of salt and pepper shakers at a restaurant, light switches, my dashboard, Go on Pinterest and search eye-bombing. You're going to fall out of your chair laughing and see that eye-bombing is an international sensation. Looking at those pictures, well, I think it's time I get a fresh pack of googly eyes and create some more little surprises all over the place. Want to join me? Or maybe you would rather get into, you ready for this? Yarn bombing. I didn't know this was a thing until I pulled up in front of the Middle Country Library in Centerreach in case you want to go see for yourself. And I saw the tree's trunks dressed up in wildly colorful patterns made of yarn. Ridiculous. Amazing. Yarn bombing is like eye bombing, only it takes more planning. Plus, instead of googly eyes to create faces, gorilla knitters are wrapping trees or door handles or parking meters with bright and colorful knits. Like little well-fitting sweaters. It's adorable. And again, surprise! While we're talking adorable, if you're ever in Atlanta, keep your eyes down in search of tiny doors. They're everywhere, each one different, each one a little burst of, oh, look at that. If you're not traveling, you can still see all the tiny doors Atlanta online, ah, the joys of armchair traveling. Back to the book. And really, it's so full of ideas and explanations. You might just want to read it yourself. By the time I was done, it had over a dozen little bookmarks by notes I wanted to share with you. Like the chapter about play and how when we're little, it's all about having fun. I mean, think about it. Even school has recess. Imagine if your job had that. Okay, come on, everybody. Out to the playground for a half hour. (laughs) I would so be in. But when you think about it, with the proliferation of kids plugged into smartphones and iPads or the helicopter parenting that over-organizes every free minute, even today's kids could be missing out on free play. You think kids today know what hopscotch is or go out with colored chalk and draw on the sidewalk or jump rope or play tag or Red Rover or Mother May I? But enough about kids. Back to us. Ingrid, the author, says one way to have a more joyful existence is to let our inner child out to play. Maybe doing local theater, take an art class, ride a bike, get on a swing, because man, that's never going to not be fun. Have a game night with cards and board games. You know, just do something fun sometimes. Eye-bombing is fun, just saying. Surprising and playful. Check and check. The first chapter of the book is what hooked me. She told the story of this run-down, dismal, and depressed city of Albania. Garbage in the streets, pickpockets, corruption. Then the newly elected mayor had one of the old gray buildings painted a bright orange. 
a shade between tangerine and tang. You know, the orange drink that they drank in space. Side note here, it was created by William Mitchell, the guy who also gave us Cool Whip and Pop Rocks. Talk about an imagination. But back to Albania. That first building was soon just one of many brightly painted public and private buildings that changed not only the appearance of the city, but seems like the very heart of it. Apparently, right after the color wash, or soon after the color wash, people stopped littering. Shopkeepers took the grates off of their doors and windows. The townspeople went back to gathering in cafes, and the city was transformed. There's more in the book about using color to transform your own world, but if this is getting your interest, just pick up the book and read it. Again, it's called Joyful, and at the end, there's even a toolkit to make your own joy. How do you say no to that? I also just finished a second book. This one's Stacey Abrams' book called Minority Leader. And I feel like I learned a lot from it, from her. I also bookmarked the bejesus out of that one, too. There were two things in there that particularly struck me. Stacey's the woman who ran for governor of Georgia. And if nothing else, impressed me with her gumption of just going for it. Especially after I read that as she told her friends and associates that she was going to run for governor... Most of them tried to talk her out of it or just said they didn't think she'd have a chance to win. And I'm like, what kind of friends and associates are they that they wouldn't support her? She didn't win, but it's not so much that they were right as it is that maybe it's because they didn't help her. Thanks, guys. Anyway, the best of her book for me was her redefining work-life balance. We've all heard of it. We've been schooled to one degree or another on maintaining some sort of balance so you don't go crazy or get devoured by guilt as we devote too many hours to what's got to be done. For me, I've always had this take on it. Ready? Okay. Put out your hands in front of you, palms up, like you're going to be handed a loaf of Italian bread. Now, imagine that each has a weight on it. One hand is work. One hand is real life, family, friends, fun. My advice has always been to anyone who asked or was forced to listen to my opinion, the work side should never, ever, ever, or if ever, only on very rare occasions, win. It's likely that no one ever said, I wish I would have worked more and spent less time with the ones I love. And think about this, although this is going kind of dark, that very same job that may ask you to work on a weekend when you've plans with your family or to stay late and miss dinner time or in any other way devote a majority of your time and attention could end. Through no fault of your own, they could get sold, close up, move to another country, then what? You can't get that time back. Stacy calls it work-life Jenga, you know, the game of blocks. She says the concept of work-life balance is a bald-faced lie, because balance is based on even distribution. But there's no perfectly balanced life, and trying to accomplish it will consume you with guilt, frustration, and or heartbreak. If you look at the challenges of Jenga game, it's not about balance, but strategy. Pull out the blocks that matter the most carefully so as not to topple the tower. Make the best of each move one at a time. Pretty brilliant, right? Her other big piece of wisdom was about having a mentor. If you're a person who is developing their career or looking to do a different career and you need something to help you move forward, you can spend a lot of time trying to find someone who is a good fit. Somebody who has the time and the inclination and the interest to help you. Our pal Stacy says, instead of searching for the perfect mentor, assemble a team of advisors to fill different roles. Someone who can open doors or introduce you to others that can open doors. A person to provide consistent advice. Someone whose expertise is in your field of interest. And then also someone who is close 
to you in life stage and age. So you can offer each other support and insights and encouragement. So there you go. Two books worth reading or listening to if you love audiobooks. Oh, and when I checked them out of the library at the bottom of the slip, it said I saved an estimated $56 by using the library. And you know, that was kind of a happy surprise. <laughs>